This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 234, Are You Tank Enough to Face the Cake Boss? Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash bacon. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. All Things Azeroth is also sponsored by Doghouse Systems. Visit them at doghousesystems.com and get a $25 Jinx gift card when you use the code BACON at checkout. Upgrade your gear today at doghousesystems.com. You're listening to All Things Azeroth. Your World of Warcraft podcast. With your hosts, Midros and Shade. And welcome back to another thrilling and exciting All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I am your host, Medros, and with me, the newly, newly remiked Shade. How are you doing there, Shade? I'm doing okay. I swear, every time I hear that intro, I'm like... I feel like I ought to have one of those hats with the braids on and the lightning, riding one of those big fat winged ponies with the big butts, like a Valkyrie. Be all like, dun 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 dun. dun. Anyway, um, hi. <laughs> hi, how you doing? <laughs> I'm fine. That's good. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, you may be hearing Shade a bit differently than usual. She has a new mic. Yes, it will sound different. You'll get used to it, but we'll still have just a great. Thank you. Great time. Thank you. Thank you to people who donated because totally new microphone totally rocks. I love it. I really do. It's it's cute looking too. It's like this cute little ball. <laughs> and and the, and the first podcast that you did that on use that mic on was Group Quest on Saturday, which is actually available for download right now. Um, yes. With uh, well, we were there with Gracier. And we were there with uh, Matt Rossi, and we were there with uh, Matt McCurley. Did you hear Matt McCurley's doing a new show? He's doing, like, a video podcast type thing? No, I didn't hear that. No, he is, yeah. If you follow him on Twitter, it's uh, GoMattGo, G-O-M-A-T-G-O. He's been he's been popping in and doing them every now and again, just, hmm. like, testing out his camera and stuff. Apparently, we're working on doing some sort of morning show, morning video podcast, sort of a wake-up you know, on the commute to work, do some sort of Warcraft-related little thing. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's not, it's a neat idea. And if if he's if he's looking for uh, somebody to to uh, guest on that, I'd be I'd definitely be up to that. I I don't know. All I know is right now, watching him on his on his webcam is fascinating. Not not because of him, but because his cats. He has two cats. He has Rocky and Sophie. And they're always jumping in front of the camera. <laughs> they're adorable. They'll, like, sleep on the chair behind him. And I don't even know what he's saying half the time. I'm just going, aw, kitty. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, Malkar was saying, so it was like Good Morning Vietnam, except with Azeroth. Yeah, they were actually try- discussing uh, different names, and one of them that came up was Good Morning Goldshire. <laughs> Which I was like, really? Really? No. <laughs> uh, hmm. I will uh, 
I will have to check that out. Yeah, and, and uh, Group Quest. Everybody should check out Group Quest because the thing was like monster, massive podcast, but there was so much lore talked about and this, that, the other. We talked about having tea with Cthulhu. We talked about uh, the possibility <laughs> of a of a uh, Mary Poppins-esque musical with Worgen dancing on Gilnean rooftops. I mean, there was there was lots going on in that podcast. It was great. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, that was uh, with Shade Gracier, Matt McCurley, and Matt Rossi. Uh, it's really really awesome. Um, and uh, let, let's put it this way: uh, the last time we did a, a lore podcast on Group Quest, uh, the post show was longer than the actual show. Yeah. Uh, this time, not quite. Uh, we Almost. Did cut it, <laughs> we did cut it short on the post show, but. Uh, from when I pressed record on the Mac, which is when the call started, uh, to when the call ended, uh, was about three, about three and a half hours. Yeah, um, two hours of that made it into the show. It was, it was a very long show. <laughs> it is well worth the listen, though. It really is. I. It was nice to hear from Gracier again too, because he's been kind of quiet and incommunicado as far as yeah. that goes over the past several months, and I was happy to hear that he's going to be making a, a comeback and everything and be posting again and doing stuff on his website again. So I'm really pleased with that. Yeah, it's it's really, really awesome to, to have done it. And, uh, of course, not surprising, that was the longest, no, the officially longest group quest ever. Absolutely. Did you have any <laughs> doubt? I mean, really, well, when you was... picked all of these people, you picked four people who all like to talk. Well, the the last episode was an hour and 42 minutes of lore. That was the last lore episode with you and Gracier only. Yeah. I I thought adding Matt McCurley and Matt Rossi might extend it a little bit, but I thought we could still get another minute, or the the hour 55. No. I I was clearly insane. (laughs) Are you kidding me? No. (laughs) Anyway, so what have you been up to in, like, World of Warcraft? Um, well, let's see. I got the Vial of the Shifting Sands uh, recipe on my druid. Cool. Uh, that took, yeah, congr- thank you. Uh, that took a lot of work. Basically, I spent three or four days straight on uh, Kalimdor every moment I had that I wasn't doing quests and all of them to try and kind of get up to the gear where I need to be for running uh, dungeons. I was pretty much doing the, you know, doing all of the, all the archaeology I could could find. I cleared out, like, basically what I would do is, it's, I have a, you know, it's, I, I have a druid, uh, he's hearthed in Stormwind, right by the, you know, right by the portal, so um, if the, the the finds that I had were in the northern section, I would use uh, teleport Moonglade. If they were on the southern section, um, then I would teleport, then I would use the portals to teleport to Aldum, um, and basically I didn't go back to Aldum until I had four, three, or at least three, if not four, sites in all them to yeah, go to. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I did it, was was I didn't go to Oldham unless... It, if I had one site show up there, that was great. i keep clearing sites until everything was in Oldham, and then I'd make the trek down there. And that, that was how I did that. Yeah, I, I, did, uh, I did also hit uh, the 10 rares uh, achievement, uh, so I believe I'm now Associate Professor... Um, it's, the... I think it's associate, and then the next one is assistant. No, no, assistant it's assistant before you start. It's assistant, and then associate. Yeah, I yeah. haven't made professor yet. Are are you? The question that I have for you now, though, is: Are you completely sick of archaeology now? Um, on that tomb. Are, are you archaeology doubt? <laughs> well, I was getting really frustrated of 
there's there's all of these zones that on the con- on the continent, and only one zone can give me the ones I wanted. So I had to go through all of these all, all these night elf and fossil and dwarf and you know, troll I, ones just to get to what I yeah, wanted. Yeah, I don't mind doing that so much anymore. I used to, but I don't mind it so much anymore because they up the amount of gold that you can get from selling the little widgets and bibbly bubble things that you get. So, yeah. I mean, I can make gold doing it, and that's better than. Yeah. You know, spending all this time to make something and vendoring it for you know three silver. <laughs> yeah, I believe I made about uh, fifteen hundred gold from the archaeology finds that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the better things that I got out of their rare font, rare solves was the one I'm looking in the chat right now. Uh, assuming chats. Oh, you got, got the ring. Yes, the ring of the boy emperor. Yeah, I have that ring. Except that ring like does me no good, but. I, well, it's perfect for my uh, druid, because he, he's a balanced druid. So. Yeah, I mean, if I ever get around to leveling my priest, like my shadow priest, like level her as shadow instead of healing, then I might use it. But, like, right now, it's sort of like, oh, there's there's no point in having it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It really bummed I, me out. I was like, aw. Unfortunately, the... Uh, um... One most useless rare that I made in all of, and, and this is saying a lot because you make a lot of really useless rares in the uh, yeah uh, in, in the leveling process. Um, you know, Kaldori wind chimes and the sword dance one and all that other stuff. Oh, I like my wind chimes. I think they're fun. I hold them up to the wind and they go dingle, dingle, dingle. Yeah. Okay, but that, that's pretty useless too. I know, but it's fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the one that I found the most useless was this one here. Um, and that is Queen Ajara's dressing gown. Oh, yeah. Because I have no tune that is under level 60 that could actually use that. Oh, yeah. See, I don't I don't have one either, but, I mean, I could always make one in the future. And until then, it's pretty. It's a pretty, pretty dress. Yay, I have a pretty, pretty dress. And it was Queen Ajara's, which means it's probably stinky of fish and other <laughs> underwater <laughs> things. You, you would think. Depending on how long she had it, you know. But yeah, um, you know, when I first got it, I saw, oh, it's cloth, it's epic, perfect for my, my priest, and then I saw the level on it. Yeah. Well, they make things, I mean, they make it deliberately so that all of those rare pieces, you can use them as you're leveling. You don't have to use them when you're level 85 or whatever, which is which is good, because it means you get more use out of them, right? Because otherwise, like, you know, if, if, if that were a level 85 gown, you as soon as you stepped into raiding, you'd probably replace it, you know? So what's the point in having it if you can't actually use it? So I think yeah. it's kind of nice that they have the lower level stuff. Try wearing it. Moonwave says that I should try wearing it on a male Tauren shaman. I think I will pass on that move, Moonwaves. <laughs> I, I and, think I'm just gonna, yeah, not go there. <laughs> and Christian uh, says, Metters can stroll around, sorry, Metters can stroll around Stormin in a cute dress. Um, No. I think I no. saw that in Goldshire once. Anyway, um... Not on Medros. <laughs> not on Medros. I can guarantee you that. Uh, but uh, how was your week? Um, it was pretty good. I mean, we got some raiding done. Let's see. We killed Cho'Gall. Didn't quite kill Nefarian. Um, we didn't work on Alakir this week. We didn't have time to work on Alakir this week, which was kind of a bummer. I can't... I can't think... I don't think that there was anything particularly exciting that happened... Um, the love and love is in the air stuff that ends tonight. 
Like, it ends at 2 a.m. tomorrow morning. So, it pretty much... If you didn't get anything by today, you don't have anything. Um, yeah. I got a rose that you could wear behind your ear that I already got last year. And that is all I got besides completely useless justice points. I got I got the rose in the mouth thing. I have never seen the rocket. <laughs> I don't think anybody on our server saw the rocket. I think that the rocket may be a figment of everybody's imaginations. <laughs> like, it just doesn't exist, right? Um, so, yeah, Love is in the Air was a big, you know, as far as I was concerned. I did everything already with it, so... I, I I wish I wish that they'd take these holidays and just revamp them a little bit every year instead of just keeping them the same, you know. Um, obviously, we had a big revamp with Love is in the Air because uh, back when it started, there was hardly anything to do. Yeah. But, okay, guys in the chat channel, I don't want to hear about everybody else's rockets because I didn't get one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and that's all that matters, <laughs> all right? But no, we, uh, the holidays, we had that big revamp of Love is in the Air, because it was just, there wasn't even a boss or anything. You went up to the dude up in the mountains who inexplicably had dresses in a pot, and that was about that with that holiday. And then they added the Crown Chemical Company, so they actually had loot, and they had extra stuff, and that was cool and all that, but, I mean, I, I just wish that they'd update them, like Children's Week. I can't wait for Children's Week because I want to see if we're going to get two new orphans this year. I'd I'd love to see new orphans, but I'm still a little frustrated that they never quite got the Northrend version right. Yeah, well, they did. They did. But the thing is, is when they implemented it, they implemented it like right around Halloween instead of proper Children's Week. So since it hadn't been a year when Children's Week rolled around, it wouldn't let people do the other quest. So this year, you should be able to go to Northrend and do the other quest. If you did one side, you should be able to go do the other side this year, theoretically. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but um, I'm guessing it was just a matter of, you know, the server has to tick, 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 tick for 365 days before it says, oh, yeah, you can go ahead and do that other side now. And since they implemented it so late, yeah, it wouldn't let you do it, which I thought was just... Ugh, it irritated me because I I have, um, I think one of my characters has the oracle and the other one has the wolfar and I wanted to get you know I wanted to get the other orphan. Oh well. Yeah, it would have been nice if they'd done that, but uh, unfortunately <laughs> can't really control that. So someone saying, oh no, not the school of hard knocks. Yeah, everybody complains about that every year. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to get any better, guys. Uh, the best way I have found to get that one done is to get a bunch of your friends together or a bunch of people on your server that all need the achievement and just do a pre-made. Do a pre-made, make sure everybody gets theirs done. And and that's the only way it's going to work is that, you know, you have at least everybody on your side is cooperating. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's, it's really frustrating. A lot of people get really annoyed with it. Um, but there's really nothing you can do other than, like she, like she had said, just get a bunch of people together and just hammer it out. Yeah, because the problem, the problem, it's not only that that uh, you have to go into a PvP zone. It's that if you're just queuing up by yourself for this PvP zone, you may be put in the middle of a battle where people actually care about, you know, the outcome of the match rather than getting the stupid thing done for their stupid orphan achievement. 
And people, the PvPers, they get really mad about this because all of a sudden it's a bunch of PvE achievement chasers that are on their turf messing things up. And they can't stand it. So, I mean, I wish they'd either change the achievement so that it is actually like a PvE achievement. Like, make it something impossible that you have to do like in an instance or something like that, right? Where, where you know, mm -hmm. you go in and, and you, you aren't messing around in PvP territory. Because, uh, I, I mean, I totally get the frustration because I, I don't PvP all that much anymore. But I used to. I used to a lot. And if you got people in there that were just, you know... Well, it was sort of like in Alterac Valley when you had people AFKing at the battleground ent entrance. People hated that. It's like, why are you even here? You're here leeching honor off of everybody that's actually working. So... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, it's just the way it is. And, yep. uh... On the upside, we don't have any uh, further events until uh, May after uh, Love is in the Air, so you can take a bit, take a bit of rest. Yeah. Um, and we will likely do a... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to work a contest into the uh, the Children's Week thing, so... Uh, we'll, Let's give we'll away let you know an orphan, Metros. Let's find an orphan, and we'll just give it away. <laughs> Let's not. This is why I'm not a parent. Anyway, okay, uh, like, you, you can try and find one in your city. My sister has four because... kids. I don't think she needs all of them. We could give one. Uh, uh huh. Uh huh. Um, okay, uh, you 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 feel free to do that if you choose. Um, but I know nothing about it. That's all I'm saying. The youngest one is really cute still, and will be for another you know six or seven months. Then he'll get to the age where he starts arguing with everything you have to say. Uh huh. Yeah, that, that that I can definitely see that happening. But let's uh, let's talk a little bit about our, one of our sponsors. The first sponsor I want to talk about, of course, is Audible.com. Okay. Now I, I want to talk about the book that I got for my free trial, but you want to, you, there's one you wanted to talk about first, right? Yeah, there's one um, I want to recommend because okay, uh, when we were on Group Quest, uh, Gracier he recommended Ender's Game, which is by this guy named Orson Scott Card. You may or may not have heard of him. If you are at all familiar with sci-fi and you haven't heard of Ender's Game, you should really go read that now. But the one that I'm recommending is there's this big book out there. I got it years and years and years ago. It's called Maps in a Mirror. And Maps in a Mirror is pretty much a selection of pretty much every short story that Orson Scott Card had written up until the date that that book was published. And it is, it is huge. You could knock somebody out with this thing, right? Well, the fine folks at Audible have broken this up into sections. So there's, you know, book one, book two, book three, book four of Maps in a Mirror, and each section has a particular theme. The one I'm recommending right now is called, it's called The Hanged Man, Tales of Dread. And this is basically the creepiest side of Orson Scott Card you will ever see in your entire life. These books are, or these stories are kind of creepily terrifying. Some of them are out and out just horrifying like the thought of them is absolutely horrifying and then some of them just make you not want to shut your lights off and go to sleep at night because you're afraid of what's going to be coming out of whatever doorway you happen to have handy it is available on audible.com and it's narrated by there's three different guys that narrate it there's david bernie scott brick and don leslie but this one includes a lot of the stories that i really liked from mats and the maps in a mirror there was uh fat farm and that one was just it has a twist at the ending that you really don't expect. There's Freeway Games, which is, it's like uh, car games gone horribly, horribly wrong. And then my favorite one is called The Changed Man and the King of Words. And it has this whole riff on basically the tarot 
and, and life and, and storybooks and things like that. And it all ties up into this really horrifying ending. And it's this beautiful, beautiful, terrifying story. The nice thing about Maps in a Mirror, though, is that since these are, it's just a collection of short stories, you can just listen to, like, one story at a time. You don't have to listen to the whole book or anything like that. So it's, it's nice little chunks. Anyway, so that's my recommendation for this week. All right. Well, uh, let's play a little bit of a sample for that and one. And you said you had listening. one of your own, correct? Uh, yeah, but let's first let's play a sample of your uh, your choice here. Ooh, do we have a sample? Uh, we do have samples. Cool. That's a good. That's a good thing about Audible is you can listen to a, a good a, a three or four minute sample at least on their website of almost any book they have, and they have over eighty five thousand titles. Okay. Uh, so let's uh, let's hear a bit of a sample of the one that you chose. The screen is too large. The figures are too real. I always end up having to get up, walk out, go home. It's more than I can bear. You know where I end up watching those movies? At home. On cable TV. That little screen is so much safer. The familiar scenes of my home surround it. And when it gets too tense, I can flip away, watch reruns of Dick Van Dyke or Green Acres or some utterly lame Depression-era movie until I calm down enough to flip back and see how things turned out. That's how I watched Aliens and The Terminator. I never have watched them beginning to end. I realize that by doing this, I'm subverting the filmmaker's art, which is linear. But then, my TV's remote control has turned viewing into a participatory art. I can now perform my own recutting on films that are too upsetting for my taste. So uh, that's a bit of a sample of the Hanged uh, audio from uh, from Audible.com. And I have Guy John asking if it was creepier than some of the events that happened in Speaker for the Dead. Um, yes, it is like ten times more terrifying than the stuff that happened in Speaker for the Dead. Uh, Eumenides in the Fourth Floor Laboratory, that's like the first story. That one is easily one of the most terrifying stories I have ever read. It is just, blah. Anyway, I would, I would definitely recommend people pick up this book, but only if you're really into the horror genre. It, it's, and the nice part about the Maps in a Mirror series is that each book, this is just book one, book two follows other stuff, and then book three is something else, and book four is something else. So they, you know, they all have different themes that they follow. Malgara, yes, that is totally the one with the evil babies. Anyway, okay. So, Medro, see so you had one, yes. Yeah, um, the the book that I chose for my trial, I, I also had had not before we we got them as a sponsor. I hadn't really had a chance to try Audible. Um, but I did want to try them when we got them on because I've heard some really great things from other podcasts like the Twit Network and so on. One of the books that I hear most often on shows that are sponsored by uh, Audible is the book Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is part of the Millennium Trilogy. Uh, the three books in that series, uh, book two is The Girl Who Played With Fire, and the third one is The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. And they're both they're all by Stieg Larsson, and... It, it takes a bit to um, to get used to the because um, it's it's based I believe in Sweden, so the names are really unfamiliar. You know, you're not going to hear a Broadway or or you know streets or towns that you're familiar with. It's going to be stuff that you're going to have a bit of a hard time understanding. But once you get into it, the story is really really awesome. I re- really love the the narrator. the the book the the first book was an uh, uh, eighteen or so hours long. But it really went fast. It was a really awesome book, and I really, really enjoyed it. I do recommend our, our listeners check it out as well. Uh, let's uh, let's play a bit of a sample from that one, because um, it's really worth lis- giving that one a listen to. 
Uh, so here's a sample of the girl with the dragon tattoo. Hundred enthusiasts could have had access to seeds or plants, and those could have changed hands between friends or been bought by mail order from anywhere in Europe, anywhere in the Antipodes. But it was only one in the series of mystifying flowers that each year arrived by post on the first day of November. They were always beautiful, and for the most part rare flowers, always pressed, mounted on watercolour paper in a simple frame measuring six inches by eleven inches. The strange story of the flowers had never been reported in the press. Only a very few people knew of it. Thirty years ago, the regular arrival of the flower was the object of much scrutiny. So that's, uh, again, The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo by Stieg Larsson. And it's really awesome. I definitely recommend checking that out. You know, as you can tell, these a lot of, uh, the, uh, the narrators on these books, uh, that was, uh, is Simon Vance. Um, so the narrators on these books are really, really awesome. Uh, what do you think about the audio, the audio on that one? The audio was real good on that. You know, I... I know this is going to sound really terrible, right? But anytime they've got anybody doing an audiobook with any kind of British accent, I completely melt. Um, it doesn't even matter what the book is about. They could be reading a cookbook for all I care. <laughs> yeah. Well, for the listeners of our podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download uh, with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. You get to keep the book, even if you don't keep on with it. But like me, I think you're going to really enjoy it. You're really going to love it. And you're going to get hooked like I did. Um, like I said, I've signed up. I'm full in. Uh, I'm really enjoying the books, and I can't wait to get my next book, uh, which should actually be tomorrow. Um, and if you want to get your own free trial, go to audibletrial.com bacon. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bacon for your free audiobook. You can choose one of the ones we recommended or any of the 85,000 other books that they have. So definitely check them out. Go pick up Maps and Amir. It will completely freak you out and rock your world. Anyway, okay. No, no, no. You go, go check The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Every time, really I hear, awesome. every time I hear that title, all I can think about it are these mystery books that my mother used to collect, and it was called the Cat Who series. So there was, like, the cat who walked through walls and uh, the cat who knew a cardinal and the cat who blah, 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 and all of them had cats in them. And I never actually read the books because they just didn't really interest. My mother was really into mysteries, and I wasn't. But whenever I hear the girl with the dragon tattoo, I think of the cat who automatically. I don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said... You know, we, we, we've now played several of the samples. We had some on both well, last couple of group quests. We've had some on the last couple of uh, All Things Azeroth podcasts. Obscurecast has done them. And Halfway Around our, the World, our music podcast, uh, they've all done it. And uh, the response has been great. People are really enjoying those ads. And you can go check them out yourself. You can check out any samples you want. Um, they give you a good five-minute sample usually, so you can check out... Even if it starts out with the intro, you can still go in a minute or two, and you can still hear a good minute, a couple <laughs> minutes of the audio. So, all right. So we've got news. Let's talk about Warcraft here. We do have news. Shocking as it is, I know to hear. We do Shock. have news in this in this news podcast. And now the news from around the world of Warcraft. The first thing I want to get your uh, your thoughts on was. Um, the post about the account security guide. Blizzard has written up some tips and, and helpful 
hints on how to keep your account secure. I, I imagine the first one would be get an authenticator. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing is with the authenticators, number one, they work great. Number two, if you have any kind of a smartphone, you can get these things for free. Like uh, the Android store has them, and I know the iPhone store has one. Um and they don't cost you a dime. All it is is keeping your account secure. And people keep saying, oh, I don't want to mess with the huh, da 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 and messing with the numbers and pushing the widget and blah, 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 and what happens if I do this, this, and this. Well, the thing is, is what happens if somebody hacks your account? Now, which is worse, the minor inconvenience of having to type in six numbers or losing everything you've worked on in World of Warcraft to date. If you're somebody like me, that's six, like six years worth of stuff. Um, I would be horrified if I lost it. And you know what? You know what's really fun? Speaking of account security, Medros, you know that authenticator that I won on your show mm -hmm. like before I started even being on the show, really? Um, yeah. it's, it's dying. I, I keep having to call Blizzard, right? And having them reset it because it, it's not synced to my account correctly. So I called them a couple of days ago because I had to have it reset again. And the nice guy on the phone said, oh, okay, um, it sounds like it's it's failing. I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? He goes, what's your address? And they're mailing me a new one. Nice. Like, they're just mailing me a new one. <laughs> Which that, is really, that is really... awesome. Yeah, I, I cannot even, like... And the cool part was I called them on a Saturday, but I got, I, I think I was on hold for about um, 20 seconds and that was it. Wow. I don't know whether it was a slow day or people just weren't calling in or what, but I mean, I didn't have to sit on hold hardly at all. And um, Philip, that's what the guy's name was. Philip was the guy that I talked to. He was really nice, really friendly, got my address, said he'd get that mailed out to me ASAP and yeah, I should have it here. Probably by the end of the week, I guess. Hmm. Well, uh, I would. I'm. You know, I've worked in call centers for a while. I'm very curious what a slow day for Blizzard is, because I've seen some slow days where there's absolutely nothing going on. It's dead. There's no. You know, you're taking a call every 20 minutes. Um, I don't think Blizzard ever has a slow day by no. that standard. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that they really have a slow day or anything. But seriously, I think that's the least amount of time I have ever had to sit on hold with those guys. I mean, usually it's like a 15, 20 minute wait and I don't mind cause their hold music. They play the suites from like the different blizzard tracks from different areas. I love calling in and getting grizzly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even mind sitting on hold when it's grizzly Hills playing. I'm like, yay, you know, but yeah. 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 It, it's really awesome. that blizzard is, is trying to give people tips on how to improve their account security, but of course, the, the main one is to get an authenticator. Um, and maybe later in the show, we'll give away one. Or, we'll see. We'll That'd see. be cool. That'd be cool. You know what I really liked about calling in, though? I got like 20 seconds of hold time, right? And then I got a hold of somebody. And I told him what was going on. And he said that in order to return my authenticator, I had to have like the Battle.net address that it was purchased with. And I said, no, no, no. I didn't purchase this. I want it on a podcast. And he goes, oh. He said, can you give me the serial number? So I gave him the serial number off the back of it. And he goes, hold, can you, can you hold for a couple minutes? I said, yeah, sure. So he puts me on hold. Guess what's playing? <laughs> the Forge of Souls track. Which is like my favorite track ever. <laughs> and then he comes back. 
And he's like, we're just going to mail you one. I'm like, oh, okay. Do you want me to mail this other one back to you? And he goes, no, no, you don't have to. We're just going to mail you a new one. I was like, okay, cool. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's cool. I mean, Blizzard doesn't have to provide those things, so... Yeah, and when they release this information and stuff, guys, I mean, you may think it's an inconvenience, but it's not. They're trying to help you. They're trying to help you keep a hold of your account, because the last thing they want to deal with is somebody who's gotten their account hacked. Number one, because it's horrible for the person that's involved, and obviously that person is going to be very upset. And number two, because it really is. It's really easy to keep your account secure. It's it's a lot easier than you would think it is, so... Definitely. It's it's really awesome to think of how easy it is and how just a bit of common sense can keep people's accounts secure. We actually received an email just as, as the show was about to start uh, from one of our listeners um, who, uh, who wrote the following, actually, uh, if I can bring up the email here. Uh, it is from uh, Bomboso of Kill Jaden. He says, mm-hmm. Hi, Metters and Shade. For the first time since World of Warcraft came out in 2004, my account got hacked last week. First... I want to reinforce to your listeners that it can happen to anyone. I've never shared my account information with anyone and really haven't even been a part of a guild or community in WoW until recently for the first time. Blizzard has restored my account and I have hooked up with and I have hooked up an authenticator. Uh, On to my question. When my account was hacked, the the looter took my two full off-spec sets of 345 gear, my gems, my enchants mats, uh, my enchanting mats, potions, raid food, and high-level ore. He basically got all of this off of two characters and a bank character. They curiously left all of the main spec gear I had equipped on all characters, as well as sentimental gear such as my full set of Tier 10 from Northrend. I felt as if I had built a beautiful log cabin which had been ransacked and then destroyed, but the looter left a hammer and nails and a stack of 2x4s with my grandmother's locket on top. I couldn't bring myself to understand this. Is there some sort of edict when it comes to stealing on WoW? He robbed me of everything I had but what I actually needed to play the game and rebuild my collection. Can you explain this? You know, the only thing that I can think about, um, the reason why he would do that, is so that if you couldn't log in and you went and checked your armory, your account would look like nothing had happened to it. If you look on the armory and you see that your character's naked, then you know you know that something's gone wrong. And then the other thing, of course, um, Uriel just mentioned this in the chat channel, they also need the gear to farm with. Um, And then there's also the fact that if they want to sell your account, like actually sell your account to somebody else for cash, uh, they're going to need gear on that account. So um, I am glad that you got your account back and restored, and good on you for getting an authenticator hooked up on it, because that's going to prevent anything. But yeah... (laughs) If you've been playing since 2004 and this is the first time you got hacked, I am so sorry. Really. Because I, I can't even imagine. Uh, I've been playing since 2004 and I've never been hacked. Yeah. If, I'm if very, my account, very thankful. If my account ever got hacked, I would just be, oh, so completely. Because seriously, I've been playing since like almost day one. <laughs> you know? There yeah. are characters on there with stuff on them that I cannot replace. Because... It's not in game anymore. There's like yeah. sets that I have that are not in game anymore. There's items that I have that just don't exist in game anymore. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and and another point to make is that uh, a lot of the I know the tier a lot of the tier gear you can't sell. 
Like, yeah. all they could do is delete it on you. And honestly, I don't think they're really going to spend a lot of time just randomly deleting everything you have. No. Uh, Tasha Lee's actually ac- asking in the chat channel, and this is a good question. Uh, they say that they're taking a break from WoW for an indefinite period, but they have an authenticator on their account. Should they still be concerned that something might happen? Uh, Tasha Lee, I don't think so, because as long as that authenticator is active on your account, they need to push that button and get that numeric code from the authenticator in order to log in. So if they don't have that authenticator, they can't get into your account. And like Alora just pointed out, just don't lose it. Don't lose the authenticator. Because <laughs> if you do, you won't be able to log in when you come back. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Moonwave says, I've been playing since 2005 without an authenticator. Honestly, I would, in my opinion, I would say that any any person who plays without an, without an authenticator is has an account that's basically a, a ticking time bomb. Yeah, At some point, you, it will you're happen. Just, you're asking for it, man. You're asking for it. Pick one up. Okay. for This is going to be a step from, from what some people will know, but there's a, a, a really... Well, I wouldn't say paranoid, but a really well-known security guy called Steve Gibson. Mm-hmm. Even he admits that if somebody wants to hack you, and if you play WoW, they want to hack you, they'll hack you. They'll find a way. You're not Nothing you do will make you completely immune to being hacked. So get an authenticator, secure your account. That's the yeah. only thing that will save you. If, if they want your account, they'll get your account. Nothing yeah. you do can, can prevent that. All you can do to prevent it is get an authenticator to prevent it from those those authenticators <laughs> it was funny too because okay when i got off the phone with blizzard tech support my dad came in and he was like what are you doing i said oh i have to get my widget replaced and he goes your widget and i said my authenticator he goes well, what's that and this is the first time that my dad has ever expressed any kind of interest in the video game at all <laughs> So I was like, well, let me show you how it works, Dad. So I load up the game, and I'm like, okay, see, I type in my login info. He goes, yeah. I said, and then I hit enter, and it asks me for a number, right? He goes, yeah. I said, so I push my budget, my button on the widget, and I type in that number, and then it'll let me log in. And he goes, well, how does it do that? I said, I have no idea. So, yeah, we're both mystified, but we think it's really cool. <laughs> anyway, so what other news have we got today? Um, well, let's see here. Um, some of the other news we have... Okay, first off, tell us about your most recent Know Your Lore about Garona. Uh, it's actually part one of a two-part... I think I'm going to be able to condense it down to two parts, uh, about Garona. I noticed when I was going through the website, one of the things that I do is I, I, I compile, like... I go through all of the old lore articles that we had and anything that needs an update... I go ahead and update those. Uh, Garona was one of those ones that was very old. The article that we had actually predated the comic book that had her in it, so it was really lacking in the information department. Um, Garona's one of those really interesting characters who she acts like she's in completely in control, and she believes that she's completely in control. And then when the comic book series came out, that's when it was kind of revealed that Everything that she thought she was in control of, it, it wasn't her at all. Um, there was a very good reason why she killed King Lane, and it was because she had absolutely no choice in doing so. You know, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, okay, here is this woman walking down a hallway with a knife, 
about to kill this guy who, in her mind, she's sitting there going, this is one of my best friends. This is one of my most trusted companions. This is the guy who actually treats me like I'm a human being and not some kind of monster. And why am I walking to him? Why am I lifting this dagger? Why am I stabbing him? Why am I, you know... It's horrifying. It's really horrifying the more you think about it. And she couldn't stop herself from doing it because of the controls that were placed in her mind. And it wasn't until later in the comic book series that she realized those controls were there and that she was bred. She wasn't half human like she thought she was. Like everything she had believed about herself was completely, it was a lie. The whole thing was a lie. So this is kind of part one of that where it covers the whole thing that happened with Lane. And then part two is going to kind of cover her discovery of what, what exactly happened to her and then follow up with uh, what she's done in World of Warcraft to date, you know? So, so you haven't, have you covered so far her and her, and her super kid? Mm-mm, not yet. That's next week. Okay. <laughs> uh, Allura is asking, is Corona a playable character in Capcom, Capcom's Azeroth versus Marvel? No, but she should be. We were actually, we were talking uh, on the after show um, of the podcast today on the Wow Insider podcast. We were talking about Capcom, Azeroth versus Marvel or whatever. And, and who the Azeroth heroes would be. We had all kinds of terrible puns. There was uh, the uh, Scarlet Crusade Witch and Wolverine and <laughs> I forget what else. <laughs> Just really, really terrible, terrible things. But yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I was very excited to read that. And because uh, you teased it a bit during or, or at some point during the group quest uh, call, it, it was interesting to see what you actually wrote. And. Uh, I, I do find that Garona is one of those characters that I I have to feel sad for because so much of her life she's she's not been in control of. It's not only that, too, but it's also the fact that she's being hunted and condemned for this thing that she had no control over. And had she actually been in control, there was absolutely no way that she ever would have killed Lane. Never. She never would have done it. It's just, it's not even... She, she never would have done it. And you have to kind of wonder what her life would be like and what Varian's life would be like if that if that event hadn't happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, we theorized on Group Quest that what would happen if Garona became to Varian what she was to Lane? I don't see that happening. I don't either. I really don't. I don't think that he could ever, ever trust her the way that Lane trusted her. Well, no, I mean, he, you know, no matter what the cause was, he will forever see her as the person who killed his dad. Right. Well, and the, the other thing, the more important thing there, though, is, you know, he might pretend to trust her. They might kind of be friends. But, you know, somewhere in the back of his mind will be this whole... I can't let my walls down around her because my father did and look what happened to him. Yeah, yeah. And I can't let that happen to Antwin, you know? So it, it's interesting. I, I really I, I really wish that they'd, you know, have Garona and Varian, you know, maybe... I, I mean, I said that it would be interesting to have that moment where Varian actually looked at her and said, why were you crying? Because when he was a child, he noticed that she was crying, and he still to this day does not understand why she was crying. I, I, I think it would be interesting to see that moment where he actually 
asks her, why were you crying? What, what was going on with that? And she tells him. And, and maybe there'll be, you know, a moment there, but I think it'd be a really cool moment. The thing is, is what we were saying on Group Quest anyway, Varian would have to stop killing her long enough to ask her. So, yeah, you and, know. <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot goes back to that moment where he saw Garona kill his dad or standing over his dad, his fa- dead father. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, there's so many things that have to happen for them to not be at each other. Well, for him not to be at her throat. I, I don't think... I don't think she would do, you know, I don't think she would try and kill him, mm-hmm. but she would definitely defend herself. Yeah. And I think that if, if first off, Varian would have to forgive orcs in general. As you wrote, Varian wants to kill anything that's got green skin. Yeah, point. I don't, it, it's, yeah. Uh, Sayomara asks in the chat channel, she, whoop, hang on, I gotta go back up there. She said... If you look at the last Guardian, Garona couldn't have spent that much time with King Lane before she killed him in the fall of Stormwind. Actually, um, Sayomara, what you saw in the last Guardian was a vision that Garona had of the future. Because she knew. She knew she was going to do it. That's why she tried to confront Mendeev directly. That's why she threw herself at him. She was hoping to kill herself. So that she wouldn't kill this man that she obviously respected. Um... The book itself, The Last Guardian, ends before she actually kills Lane. Um, how far it ends before she kills Lane, I don't know, but um, there's a period of, you know, several months there, several months to a year, where she was together with King Lane. She was telling him all of the secrets of the Horde, essentially. Um, she was basically just giving it all away uh, in the hopes that he would defeat the Horde, because if he defeated the Horde, then obviously she wouldn't kill him. That vision wouldn't come true. It's it's interesting because she spent she spent like the majority of her time there with Medivh, like in between her when Medivh died and before she was captured by uh, Doomhammer's forces. She spent the majority of that time trying to escape the fate that had already been given to her. So yeah, yeah. It, it's really it, it's a sad story. Um, I, I would like to see that. That Varian and Corona could work together, but it's unlikely at this point. Oh, right now I don't think so, just because the Alliance and the Horde are pretty much at each other's throats, this expansion. I That's pretty much the theme, this expansion. Now, Corona isn't particularly allied with the Horde. She does give quests to the Horde in uh, World of Warcraft, in uh, the Twilight Highlands, actually, but she's not allied with the Horde. She's not allied with the Alliance, either. She's just there. She happens to be an orc. That's why she's giving away the Horde quest, so... Do you think that we'll see more of her as the uh, expansion goes on? You know, I hope so, because the thing that confused me, and I will be pointing this out at the end of the week... Sorry, I just got linked a very amusing picture. Anyway, (laughs) there's a... The thing that bothered me was that... uh, you know, I fought Chogol, beat Chogol, everything else, but Garona wasn't there at all for that fight. Like, she wasn't even in the Twilight Citadel or anything, and this was supposedly her thing to do, was she wanted to see Chogol dead. And the reason she wanted to see Chogol dead is because he was pretty much the last being on the planet that had any kind of control over her via those things that were planted in her brain, right? But we didn't see her. We didn't see her in the Citadel at all. We didn't see her when we fought Cho'Gall. I mean, maybe maybe we see her on heroic mode. I don't know. But I was really kind of disappointed with that. 
that that she didn't make more of an appearance. I'm like, well, where where is she? You know. All right. Well, speaking of uh, of Gruna half orkin, uh, let's do a trivia qu- contest now, shall we? Trivia contest? Yeah, we can do the trivia contest. Um, as usual, I will be putting the trivia question in the chat channel, and we'll be waiting for an answer there. Uh, this week. Obviously, um, I was talking about Garona, so we're going to be asking a question about Garona's lifetime. And let me put that in there. So Garona, for the longest time, Garona thought that she was half-human. She was actually led to believe that she was half-human. Gul'dan had uh, pretty much told her that she was half-human. And it was in an effort to make it easier for her to interact with the humans and kind of do the spy work and everything else that was necessary. Garona, however, wasn't half-human. She was half-Dranai. And what I want to know is I want to know the title and name of Garona's uncle. And I also want to know where he can be found in World of Warcraft. Because you can actually go talk to him. I believe he even gives quests. I'm not sure. And the, and the person who wins will have a choice of a, uh, either a loot code or an authenticator. Because they do have a spare authenticator. Okay. All right. Let's see and I here. believe you need to verify things just to make sure. Because like I said, or well... We've stated many times. We like to have an assortment of people win, so. We do. Let me just uh, pull up the file here that records the master list of who has won and who has not. (laughs) As I find it on my desktop, which can unfortunately take time because I have too much stuff on my desktop. This is why you should be prepared, Medros. I'm always prepared. (sighs) Sort of. Kind of. Occasionally. If you like, I can play some audio from past shows that would Exemplify no, when you've been no, prepared. No, no, you can skip that entirely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might. I thought you just might. Uh, yeah, but anyway, check your little cheat sheet there. Let's see if we have a winner or if we, we have do. a new. We, we have do. a winner. Yeah. Okay. So, is it the first person that responded, or is it the second person? The person who responded in two lines. Yes. Do 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 do. Hang on. Now I have to scroll back. Okay. Anyway, our, our winner is Moogiver. Uh, her uncle's name is Vindicator Maraud. He was actually first introduced in the Warcraft comics. Uh, he actually hunted down Garona. He found out that his sister had been captured by orcs and basically forced to breed with one of the fell orc uh, captains or something like that in Gul'dan's army for the specific purpose of having Garona. Uh, and then Vindicator Maraud, he can be found in Ice Crown aboard the Skybreaker. And Moogiver, you have two choices here. You can either get a WoW TCG loot code from TCG or WowTCGloot.com, or we can go ahead and send you an authenticator, whichever you would like. Uh, Kempelan, I'm pretty sure that's incorrect. I'm pretty sure he's, I'm pretty he's the uncle. Pretty sure it's uncle. I can double check, but I'm pretty sure it's uncle. Yep, uncle. And Moogiver wants a loot code. Because he already has an authenticator. MacGyver, one or two. <laughs> We're down to our last last couple of loot codes here, so. Yes, at some point there will come a point where it is not a choice. You get an authenticator. <laughs> at this point, at least. One. Okay, you win a Path of Illidan loot code. Again, that's from WowTCGloot.com. Head there if you're looking for any of the loot cards from the WowTCG game. Uh, you can find everything from mounts to little things like the Path of Illidan, which gives you flaming footsteps. They have them available for purchase directly on the site, or 
if they don't have them on the site, they give you links to eBay where you can pick them up really easy. Anyway, MooGyver, please send an email to shade at allthingsazeroth.com, and I will get that to, out to you after the show. Awesome. And uh, a couple things I want to mention before we move, move along here. Uh, I did get an email today from our friends over at Tavern Craft. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have a couple of new products coming out. Uh, they have two more they do. Uh, of the Hobbit glasses. Oh, cool. Um, the first one is a uh, inn called the Golden Perch, which is a inn in the village of Stock near the eastern borders of the Shire and serves the finest beer in the East Farthing, according to Pippin Took. And the, last, the other one is the Floating Log, which really sounds really bad. I the Floating say. Log? Yes. And wow. it's located okay. in the Shire's East Farthing in the village of Frogmorton. Uh, it was a popular tavern despite its, cl- its closing during the War of the Ring when Saruman took control of the Shire. For those who aren't in the, in the different You mean it was inns. a popular tavern despite its unfortunate choice in name? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't believe people in the Shire would have thought that. Yeah, maybe not. I'm going to go have a big old drink at the Floating Log. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they actually have a new stein coming out. Uh, it is called An Unexpected Party. And of course shows the 12 dwarves, 12 dwarves, two hobbits, one wizard, and a lot of food and ale. And a partridge in a pear tree. Possibly. Though the partridge may be <laughs> dinner. So, you know, that, that, that's always possible. But it, it looks like a really cool art uh, on that stein. And of course shows all of the all the people who are on the journey in the uh, in the Hobbit, so uh, a perfect complimentary complimentary uh, Stein to the Hobbit uh, Stein that was the Smog the Magnificent, and uh, I actually just noticed that uh, both the Smog the Magnificent and the uh, uh, sorry and the Unexpected Party Stein, they're the top top part of the uh, of the lid of the Stein mm-hmm. is the ring. I just noticed that. Oh really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. It looks really, really cool. Uh, I, I'm really impressed with that. So I'm not check much that out. into Lord of the Rings at all, but the signs yeah. that they have and the glasses, like the pint glasses, because we had what, like the prancing pony and the other one. I the glasses were really pretty. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind having the glasses in my house, and I don't even. I'm not. I don't care that much for Lord of the Rings, but the glasses were really neat. Would you even want one from the floating log? No. <laughs> Actually, I would, and then I'd give it to the guests that I don't like. Here, you Here's can have a drink. Log. Here, you have the prancing pony, and you have, you have, I don't know, Frodo's Fadala or whatever, and you, you get the floating log. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, um, let's uh, let's play our uh, our one segment today. Okay. Uh, no, it's not Warcraft Less Traveled. This Aww. is Ask Moo. Yay! And actually, we're not going to play that just yet, because I just remembered that I forgot to... to... Um, so we're going to talk about other news story before I play that. Um, okay. And uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the new changes to the Dungeon Finder and the vote kicking. What do you think oh, about those changes? I'm really happy about those changes, because the thing is, is, okay, DPS has a really raw deal as far as the Dungeon Finder goes. It usually takes anywhere from a half hour to 45 minutes to get into a group and it's annoying it's a long wait and half the time you're waiting in queue longer than it takes to actually do the instance which i think is really dumb but even dumber is what people have been doing to 
pretty much circumvent the system. And what they do is tanks will sit there in trade chat and they'll go, selling a tank spot in queue for 500 gold or 50 gold or however much they want to sell it for, right? People will pay them the 50 gold, they will queue up with the tank, they will get a group instantaneously because there's a tank, and then the tank will drop, drop group. And then they get to wait for a tank to join. And it's basically a way to jump the queue. It is All it is is it's a way for DPS to jump the queue. And people haven't really liked it that much. So now what happens is if the tank leaves the group, anybody that's been grouped in that queued up with that tank, they leave the group as well. So cool, we don't have that anymore. That's awesome and everything. Um, the other thing that's cool is that if three or more players group queue with each other, instead of them automatically being able to kick somebody, they actually need one more person to, to vote. And that's to keep them from kicking people out. There's also, uh, there's also a contingency set up in there so that if a group queue of four kicks the one person that they didn't group queue with, they'll get a more severe penalty to their ability to initiate further future kicks. Um, this is kind of to circumvent those people. See, I've heard all of these horror stories, and one of them that I heard was, uh, you know, you have four people from a guild that group, they bring in one random guy, and then right before the last boss, they kick him to bring in somebody from their guild so that they can get credit and they can get the chaos orb and all that other stuff. And the poor guy that's been sitting there for 40 minutes in the queue gets nothing. They basically did this dungeon for nothing. And that's a really cruddy way to treat people. So this is... These changes are basically put in there to try and keep people from being a bunch of colossal dicks. Um, that's, that's pretty much all there is to that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm definitely in favor of these. They, 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 the, the changes seem to thoroughly address all of the issues that I've heard people having with the Dungeon Finder system. It removes the join as a tank and then drop so that the group can get the next tank available. There's a lot of things that, that it helps you uh, uh, save the time on and uh, avoid issues coming up in the future. So... Very nice to hear of some of these changes. I'm really glad that Blizzard made some of them, and yeah, I do hope they, they prove you know, to be a success. Yeah, it doesn't address everything, because I really wish that there was something to be done about the 40-minute queue time for DPS, but there is. There's something really simple that you can do to avoid that 40-minute queue time. Ask in trade chat on your server for a group. Group with people that want to group in the trade channel. Yeah, I you know make a server group. Don't don't wait for the dungeon finder. Just make your own group because at this point I think that it's almost faster to do that. Yeah, really, which is kind of dumb and ridiculous because the dungeon finder was supposed to make it easier. And I'm air quoting here. Um, all it seems to have done is made it that much harder, and it's made it's made it easier for people to be jerks. <laughs> Definitely, That's pretty definitely. much what it's done. Anyway, so do we have that segment now? We do. Okay. Uh, so let us now actually listen to our Ask Moo. Yay! Hello, friends. This is Moolia Feathermoon, here to answer your World of Warcraft questions from the Tauren perspective. Here's today's question. 
Hey Moo, it's Medros here. I play primarily Alliance, so I don't know a lot about the ways of the Horde, especially your torn people. But one thing I was wondering though, why is it you feel the need to live in leather-skinned housing so much? I would think if any people on Azeroth would know the pain of all of those animals, it would be you. Thanks, and take care. Well, Medros, that's an easy one. You are absolutely correct when you say that we understand the sacrifice each animal makes for us. When we kill an animal, say for food, we honor its spirit by using every part of it that we can. The meat feeds us, of course, and the hide shelters us and keeps us warm at night. It would be disrespectful to not use any part that can be used. That said, we do not slaughter indiscriminately. We are taught never to waste anything given to us and to give back what we can. We understand nature's balance and if we honor the Earth Mother, she will bless us in return. That's all for this edition of Ask Moo. I need your questions, so please send them to me at askmoo42 at gmail.com. Call me at 201-Azeroth. That's 201-293-7684. Or askmoo, all one word, on Twitter. Until next time... May the eternal sun shine upon thee. I posted in the chat room, but I'm gonna post my. Fo- I'm saying my follow up on the show here. Hey, Moo, um, is it okay to make tents out of Torin as long as they're Grim Totems and not Bloodhoof? You know, there's actually in some of the the structures and buildings you find um, centaur hide rugs, complete <laughs> with like the face. It's really disturbing. <laughs> so I guess they were just you know making use of all available resources. You Anyway, I wonder what kind of animals they make their tents out of. Obviously, it's not cowhide. Do you think they eat the Kodo? But they ride the Kodo. That would be like us eating horses. Well, I was pretty sure when I had a Torin a while back, I thought you could get a recipe for Kodo. Like Kodo food. Oh, yeah, like Kodo stew or something like that. Yeah. Wasn't it? Oh. So, So they ride them around... And they treat them like pets, and then they eat them and make houses out of them. <laughs> well, uh, I, I imagine that's what you do with your Kodo when, when he's too lame to continue riding. Well, yeah, but by that point, I mean, wouldn't the meat be all, like, gamey and gross and tough and old? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Roasted Kodo burger? Kodo burger would be okay, because it's, like, ground beef. So, you know... You squish up all the bits. Uh, Kristen in the chat room says, Only if you don't mind when we make a Medra skin shirt. I do have a slight <laughs> issue with this. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, they're, they're Grim Totem. Nobody likes Grim Totem, right? They're, they're, they're bad guys, right? Well, most of them are. I mean, there was the one that wasn't so bad. There was a couple that weren't so bad in, in the okay. Shattering. But most of them are pretty nasty. So, so, so I won't make anything out of them. But uh, there's lots of other Grim Totems. Hey, you know that cousin you have that's evil? Do you mind if I eat him? I was thinking about inviting him over for dinner next week. And by for dinner, I mean for dinner. (laughs) 
Speaking speaking of, of that region of the world, I was uh, traveling through there on my on my Worgen today because uh, I need to get from Darnassus to Booty Bay without. I didn't want to go through all, all of Stranglethorn Vale. Uh huh. And uh, so I ran ran from uh, uh, from Darnassus all the way through Darkshore and then through Ashen Vale and then through um, the Barrens. Uh, no, I actually went through uh, the uh, Stone Stonetown Mountains first. Oh, okay. This was my mistake, apparently. Because oh. when you go through Stone Towel and it brings you out in Southern Barrens. Yep. There's no way across Southern to Northern Barrens. Nope. The only way to get there is to eventually get down to the point where the ground is level and you can walk across. Unfortunately, that's right where the Horde Village is. And as yep. you may have heard, I said it was a war gin. Mm-hmm. He died fairly quickly so, to so the skull level. <laughs> he died very quickly to the skull level mob. Yep. But thanks for thanks for that. Uh, yeah, was not very happy with that. I, I, my first thought was, you're telling me that after we had like however many months between, you know. If you want to get to the northern barons as alliance, you go through Ashenvale. If you want to get through southern barons, then you go through Stone Talon. Yeah, I wish I'd known that, because that would have mm-hmm. been nice to have information on. But yeah, I thought it would be easier, because so there's sorry. the path right there. And, and it, this and is what right you get for playing Talon a puppy. And, <laughs> <sighs> it was very frustrating, I have to say. Um, I, I really do wish that there was some something in-game that told you, you know... Because this map unexplored, I don't know it on this character. I'm not going to log oh, over okay. my main. Now, then... if there was an unexplored map, that would explain it. I mean... I was thinking, I'm like, well, there's a big old honking chasm there. Medros, wouldn't you notice that there's a big old honking chasm? Yes, but, but I, thought yeah. the big, I thought the big old honking chasm was south of the place no. I'd be coming out of, not yeah. north of. Yeah, no, it's not, unfortunately. Or that, it, at the very least, the one of the either Horde or Alliance would have, uh, you know, at this point built something. a bridge yeah. across. Because nope. uh, they built bridges in other places. They, they've built lots of bridges, and and built lots of other stuff, like horribly horrific-looking ramparts and such, but apparently they don't have the resources to build a bridge. Well, that's to keep all of the low-level people from running into Southern Barrens. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> it was, I, I would just say it was really frustrating, because I'm, like, yeah. running along, and then, like, I noticed there's, like, four raptors following me, and they're all, like, red-level to me, and I'm like, oh, crap. Whoops, this is a bad... This was a poor choice. This was a poor, poor choice. Yes. Yeah. I've had that happen before. Where I'm like, a choice, la, yes. la, 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 look, it's lovely little low-level undead land. Doo, doo, doo. Oh my god, it's a diseased bear! Because I've gone too far and I went through, yeah. you know... <laughs> I went through the, the, the barricade there in between Western Plague Lands and, and the undead starting area. I was like, oh look, it's a cute little gate. I'm just going to go through here. Da-da-da-da-da pain! Yeah. Guy John says uh, there's the same problem between Lachmadon and Badlands. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see that being a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I recall, at least Alliance has a quest to get you from um, uh, from... where is it? Uh, the uh, Lights Hope Chapel to Badlands. Yeah, so that you're Horde has that, that one too. There's like a goblin there with a rocket. And yeah. they shoot the rocket at the Barrens. Yeah. Or not at the, at the Badlands. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't it. really see any quests at at level twenty one to get there, but I did get up, did get a level via my archaeology on that ter- character, so that was nice. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, I liked that rocket. I liked, I liked riding the rocket over to 
to yeah, the Badlands. Yeah. And I was so sad that it was only a one-way quest. It's not, there's no, once you're, once you're done taking yeah, that yeah. rocket, you can't take that rocket again. I'm like, but that was cool. I loved that rocket. Yeah. It was super fun. And, and anyway. Stormy, Stormy's advising me the next time she needs a, next time I need a ride, I should just ask her because she has a two-seater rocket. So oh, there you uh, go. thanks. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. There you go. Good to know that now. Anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, let's uh, talk about a voicemail because we, we did receive a voicemail also just as the show was getting started. Okay. Um, and this is from Moonwaves. Uh, says, hey, Benderson Shade, I was wondering what you guys do when you get bored with WoW or any game for that matter. I know right now the beginning of an expansion is, is supposed to be one of the most exciting times in the game, but I just don't feel it at the moment. Any ideas? Thanks, Moonwaves. And that's uh, Moonwaves who plays on the lane server. So Okay. Uh, so let's see here. What do I do? Does Moonwaves want to know what we do to alternative from WoW or what we do in WoW when we're bored with WoW? Uh well I believe Moonwaves <laughs> in the chat room, so if we just ramble for just a moment or two, I'm sure that Moonwaves will answer that question because I really I, don't I know hope. what they meant by their question. I mean, like, you know, outside of uh oh either or okay either or is apparently good um i'm one of those people that that like obsessively collects things in game so if i get to the point where i'm really really bored and i still want to do something in world of warcraft like uh if i'm sitting for a raid or something like that i will generally go find some obscure achievement or another to work on uh the latest one that i've been kind of working on but not really is the various fishing ones where it's like fish up all the freshwater fish fish up all the saltwater fish there's no real reason and there's no real like reward for doing so i just think it's it it gives me something to do because then when i get it it's all like ping and flashy lights and it lights up in guild chat and everybody's like grats and i'm like yay grats that's to me but um outside of game i i actually <laughs> outside of game it sort of depends on what day you catch me on i do a lot of baking and cooking i also do a lot of um i've been getting into doing a lot of interior design and remodeling so i have projects that i plan out and i work on um i'm still working on my bedroom for those that were wondering about how that turned out i've got like shelves and things to go in and then i read i read a heck of a lot uh, right now, I'm rereading a book by Mercedes Lackey. It's uh, Exile's Honor, I believe, is the one that I'm reading. It's one of the Heralds of Valdemar series. And I started reading those when I was a little kid, because I was like, Oh, there's a horsey on the cover. I like horsies. But it was actually a better book than just a horsey book. So, yeah. And in between that, if I catch TV, I'm usually watching... I like watching shows like Pawn Stars and American Pickers where they're like looking at uh, antiques and things like that, antiques and collectibles, and then home decorating shows. Anything, H- I am a slave to HGTV. I, I can't help it. <laughs> what about you, Madras? Well, mine's related to baking, um, but I watch other people bake. I, I, I've really gotten into Cake Boss. Have you seen Cupcake Wars? No. Oh my gosh, Cupcake Wars, it's like they get, you know, six bakers or something, four bakers, six bakers, something like that, and they're like, okay, here's some really random crazy ingredients, make cupcakes out of them, go, and then they have to, like, 
they, they have to make cupcakes and then they have judges who taste the cupcakes and if they're all okay then they pick one person and they're like your cupcakes suck you go home and then there's three left and then those three get to compete and they have to make three different cupcakes and then if the judges don't like one of them they say okay your sucks go home and then the two that are remaining are usually competing for ten thousand dollars they have to bake a thousand cupcakes in about three hours for an event that evening and they come up with some of the craziest cupcakes. It's like an awesome show. <laughs> um, yeah, I've uh, actually gotten to Cake Boss because there was a uh, an offshoot uh, competition reality show yeah? called uh, The Next Great Baker, where oh, okay. eight people competed uh, and were whittled down over eight, eight episodes uh, to uh, win an opportunity to work in his shop. I liked uh, Cake Boss. I have seen that one. That one cracks me up every time because the guy, he's like, he's always yelling, but he's, he's yelling about cake and fondant <laughs> and he's really excited about the cake and the fondant. And yeah, it's just, it's a hysterical show. Yeah, he, he's great. <laughs> his, his crew is great. Um, I, I, there was one that they did where uh, they were actually doing it for a place in, uh, I guess, in New York or, or New Jersey, somewhere called uh, Medieval Times. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, basically a... You know, medieval times is a theme. Yeah, it's a themed restaurant. They have them all over the U.S. Okay, well, they're they're doing one for there because uh, it was the person who plays the king's birthday, oh. and uh, it was this castle uh, cake, and uh, they cut it. They they cut it with a sword, and I'm like, that's exactly what I want to do. They I caught, want to cut it with a sword. I caught an episode earlier today where he was making a cake for a woman's birthday. It was her thirtieth birthday. And her husband wanted a cake with a pink hearse on it. Oh yeah, I saw that. And one. it wasn't because it wasn't because he was like, "Ah, you're old." It's because she was a funeral director, and I yeah, thought that was yeah. absolutely hysterical. But anyway, yeah, I saw that episode. That was that was funny. His his <laughs> sister, I think, it was his sister or his, or his mother came in and just said that's like creepy and stuff. I just yeah. Uh, Allura, I no, I great. I won't give up the dream of cutting my wedding cake with a sword. No, I won't give that up. You just need to find one of the cake sword. You need to find one of the 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 cake cutting find a cake cutting tool that looks like a sword something that's sized for a serving cake that looks really ornate and happens to be a sword it's a happy medium in between rather than trying to take you know a five foot blade to your wedding cake because i'm pretty sure your fiance would appreciate that not happening <laughs> I, won't cut, I won't cut it with the entire length of the blade just the tip i still though cake boss man I, yeah, I love that guy. It's he's a really awesome show. And the cannolis! And yeah, he's just always going off and yelling about this, that, and the other. Yeah, And, and there was one where he was... Uh, him, him, him and some of his team went to Char- uh, Charlotte, North Carolina for some baking convention. And oh, yeah. They, ba- they made a life-size NASCAR uh, oh, car. Oh, dude, cool. It was awesome. It looked really cool. Um, but yeah, the, the, that show, I really love watching it. Um, and... Uh, it's just amazing to see some of these cakes, and his vision is, is just amazing. I, I love his vision. Yeah. See, and the fun part is, like, these kind of cakes that they come out with, This is the kind of, these are the kind of cakes that my mom used to make. Yeah. Because my mom, she was, uh, she was a Wilton, like, Wilton cake decorating. It was just really, uh, it's still out there. Uh, they do, like, the themed pans and things like that, and they have all the, the tips and the, 
flowers and things. She was an instructor for Wilton for about, oh, three years. So whenever we got birthday cakes, they were always these really fantastical affairs with these like roses or climbing tears or things like that. So my sister and I, we really enjoy when we make cake, we fiddle with all of this stuff because our mother taught us how to do it. Um, none of the stuff that I bake though ever comes out looking like that. <laughs> I don't know how to do the fondant work. My sister does, but I, I haven't figured it out yet. Well, actually, actually, there's a couple of podcasters that I listen to who are actually from Hoboken, where his, his where his bakery is. Have and they been? They, they, I haven't seen whether they they never mentioned whether they've been there, but I'm like, I've actually almost almost me- I messaged them on Twitter and said, "Hey, I'll invite you to be my wedding. In fact, I'll let you be my wedding party if you'll just bring a cake from Hoboken. Bring a cake from that guy. Yeah, just bring him, <laughs> bring a, 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 a Warcraft through wedding cake from. Uh, from the guy in Hoboken, and you're in the wedding party, guaranteed. <laughs> my my fiance just... will kill me, but you know. I'll oh, have the she cake would I murder want. you. She would absolutely murder you. Yeah, she just wants a flat flat cake. I, I don't think we. I, I I'm pretty sure his cakes co- would cost about half our but expected budget. So speaking speaking of like other things that you do outside of Warcraft, are you still doing the geocaching thing? I'm trying to put it. It's so damn cold sometimes, but it's supposed to warm up this week, I think. So. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, with the winter and everything, has all geocaching just kind of come to a halt and you'll pick up again when it gets warm or well, those how people that who have works? Vehicles have no problem geocaching in the wintertime yeah. because they can just get in a car to warm up. But oh, those you don't are have like a car? Me- no. Oh, okay. I, I actually just got my, uh, my, as, as the, uh, when I, when I muted my mic just as we were going on, on the air. Uh-huh. The pre-show, uh, I got my license, my learner's license, so I, I can actually now drive oh, cool. with a person in the car with me. So you're, you're like doing the whole learner's permit thing. See, yeah. my roommate, my one of my old roommates, she was the same way, and she was, uh, I want to say she was like 25, 26, but she didn't know how to drive. And it was just because she had done public transportation her whole life. Like she'd lived in an area where there were just buses and trains and never had to worry about having a vehicle. Me, I learned to drive when I was like 16. Because uh, there is no way to get anywhere from where I am at unless you have a car. So, yeah. well, uh, you know, it, it, me and my fiance, we'd like to have kids some at some point, and I'll definitely need a license because she won't be able to drive a lot of the time once we have kids. You know, once mm-hmm. she's pre- when, when, when she when she once she is pregnant, it'll be hard for her to drive. So I would need a license, and it's better to have it now and get all that uh, learner stuff out of the way beforehand. So, 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 if you guys have kids, are you going to name them Arthas? Only if she doesn't find out. <laughs> but um, I suspect any name I came up with, she'd likely look up online. Uh, okay, and what I'd does have, this have to do with Warcraft? I know there's and something. I, and I'd have to give her the exact spelling that I'd want as well. So, uh, you know, maybe Orthus. There, Orthus. O-R-T-H-A-S. Uh, Orthus. No, she, that she, sounds she, like she, sounds like an aquatic mammal. That doesn't sound like... <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm, fr- I'm pretty sure that... son of yeah. Metros. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, any name I come up with, she will type into Google... Uh, or Bing, I think it's her search engine. She'll type in Warcraft and then the name and see what the connection is. So. Yeah, she's looking for it. She's on the prowl. She knows. She I, knows. I actually tried to name our first son Medros, but that would be very confusing. No, don't do that. <laughs> it's silly. You could name him Shade if it's a girl. <laughs> no. No. I no. think she'd hate that too. She. She. Yeah. No. But I have confirmed that uh, some of us, that most of the staff is invited to the wedding. Aww. 
Well, if I could get to Canada, I would totally go, but I don't know if I... Well, I don't know. It so depends you on to, when like, you have drive it. north, and then you're in Canada. There, um, you're in Canada. I have to drive pretty far north, hon. <laughs> That's quite the hike. Plus, I'd have to cross the border. And you never know. They might hate me. They might have heard that I don't care about Canada particularly. Yeah, yeah, baby. Uh, it's not that I don't care about Canada. It's that I just don't care about locations in general. I, I really don't. I yeah. People, I find people fascinating. Where they're from, not so much. What makes them tick? Oh, I'm all about that. But you know. All right. Well, I'd love to keep talking, but we do have to wrap up the show. Okay. Uh, it is uh, it is about that time. So uh, I do want to uh, recommend everybody do check out our sponsors. We didn't mention it today in, during the show, but uh, we do have doghosts.doghostsystems.com. Dog Check them out to upgrade your gear and uh, get, yes. use the code Azeroth. Sorry, use the code Bacon to get a twenty-five dollar Jinx gift code. Also, do check out our sponsor Audible, uh, where you can get a really, really great audiobook. Um, I've just queued myself up for the next uh, book in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, the Millennium Book series. Uh, to get that one when my next credit's available and you can get any book you want not just the ones we recommend so check them out audibletrial.com slash bacon bacon and folk, and Shane how about you tell folks uh, our voicemail number our voicemail number in order to get a hold of us via voicemail you can call one seven eight five ata wow 5 that's one seven eight five two eight two nine six nine five. be sure when you're asking us and leaving us voicemails to keep it brief and concise so we can go ahead and play it on air uh, you can also catch us on iTunes you can download the show you can review the show you can rate the show we like it when you do all of these things so feel free to do so uh, you can catch us on Twitter our show account is all things as Medros's personal account is Medros mine is shades o gray that's shades the letter o and then g r e y you can also feel free to follow Dawnforge that would be our parent company and you can check out the Dawnforge forums at http thedawnforge.com/forums uh, we've also got a forum there for audible and like a little book club if you feel like checking that out uh, let's see what else ask moo if you want to ask moo a question we would love. I'm pretty sure that Moo would love to hear from you. You can email askmoo42 at gmail.com. For Warcraft Less Traveled, if you've got suggestions or comments on any of the uh, segments, please email warcraftlesstraveled at gmail.com. Definitely. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, check out our web host, dreamhost.com. Use the code DEATHWING to save $50 off of any new hosting account. Any and, new uh, account, no matter how big or small. For sure. And we'll see you next week for another episode of All Things Azeroth. Don't forget, group quest, group quest for this past weekend, episode number 17. You check must check out. that out. Awesome oh, episode. We had so much fun recording that one. Go check it out. Definitely. But anyways, we'll see you next next week for another episode. And uh, take care. Happy hunting. And we'll see you on the other side of the Worgen The cakes. Orphans. The cakes. The cakes and the fondant. <laughs> and the fondant. cannoli. The, the fondant. The fondant. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Someone go make me a cannoli. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. This has been a Dawn Forge production, copyright 2011. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com. <laughs>